Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Spoken! What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my program, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, I encourage you to go to DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me DJing your event. Today on the program, I have Danny Schneider, the Cultural Vultures. Yes, I found him on Instagram. He seemed pretty cool. He's a musician and uh, he's got some records that are in the can already. And uh, he's uh, he seemed like a pretty cool guy to talk to. So I reached out and I said, Hey, you want to be on the podcast? And he said, Hey, yeah. <laughs> So let's uh let's give a talk to Danny Schneider. Calling Danny Schneider now. Hello. Hi, Daniel Snyder, please. Yes, this is him. The cultural vulture? Yes. Hey, it's Keys Dan from the the What Makes You Famous podcast. How's your day? Good. How are you? I'm so good. You know, usually I have to drive around a lot. I, I, I do a lot of driving for uh, <clears throat> all the things I do. And uh, I, today I didn't have to drive so much. It, it's been kind of a lazy Thursday. I got my hair cut. Uh, what what have you done today, Daniel Snyder? I was in the studio a little bit this morning. Got off work this morning at uh, eight a.m. and uh, I'm a firefighter. That's what I do for a living. And then the music is what I do on the side, which affords the firefighting allows me to do the music. So, dig it. All right. Uh, I was a firefighter from eighty nine to ninety nine in the Florida Keys Key Largo nice. Fire Department. Uh, what de- what department are you at? I was with Newport Fire Department, which is kind of a smaller inner city type fire department for 13 years. And uh, I moved out to the airport about um, three years ago. So now I'm an aircraft firefighter. Aircraft firefighter. Now that is a different kind of animal altogether. I remember doing some training with that, uh, with jet fuel. And putting out jet fuel is a whole lot different than putting out gasoline or, or any other incendiaries. Uh, yeah, it's, and and the and just the way that you attack a fire is is completely different than uh, how you would a structural fire. So it's uh, but it it's it makes it all interesting though because it's it's new and you know it's uh, you keep learning and keep keep growing and getting better at your job, better at what you do. That is so right. I mean, with the you say thirteen years and how long you've been doing the the airport? Uh, three years at the airport and wow. thirteen. At, uh, yeah, yeah, so, sixteen years under your belt. I, I'm pretty sure you know how to fight a fire. I I, I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> now, did did you uh, get up in rank, or or did you stay uh, a pumper head, uh, or or the hose uh, man, nozzleman? I was I was a a nozzleman for for a long time. The highest that I made it was lieutenant, and then uh, when I went to the the airport, I I went back down to. Uh, 
like uh, to just a regular firefighter again. See, I, I imagine that does happen. And, and you never know what you're going to get with this podcast. Here I am. I'm talking to Daniel Schneider, the cultural vulture, the culture vulture. How how would you say that? What What is it on your Instagram? I, it's yeah, it's it's. Uh, I didn't realize it was so difficult to say for people, but it's cultural vultures. Actually, I w- what how I came up with that is um. So I was releasing books, uh, and I released two books. One, the first book was forced attrition, and the second book was primordial boredom, and uh, the third book was going to be cultural vultures. And I just decided, like you know, I write all this music and everything, and I wanted to, so I decided instead to release an album. And uh, just I just released it all under Cultural Vultures, and uh, I did I did two albums, and I'm working on the third one now. And um, because the the books they were just books of, of poems, poetry. Yeah. And I always wanted to sort of create, like I think the best marriage, in is between poetry and song. So I, I try to I you know poetry by itself doesn't always resonate with people but you put music behind it and it and it can resonate a little bit more and become become something bigger than than just words on a sheet of paper. So that's what I that's what I tried to do was uh just marry those two together and uh, instead of releasing the, the the books then I just started releasing albums going and going that route. And uh that's been a lot more fun for me to do than uh than just the books because it allows other avenues. So like I do the music videos and uh, just the people that you get to meet in the industry as well is, you know, like it's just really cool. You do something, you put something out there and then more people start to become excited about what you're doing. And it makes me excited. Yeah. Danny Snyder. Well, the ability to say cultural vultures is probably my demise. It's a great name. Cultural vultures. It has that, that er sound in both letters and both, uh, both different words and I, I think it i think it works out just fine and it has a meaning to you cultural vultures what what does th- that mean to you so the, the i guess the idea in the beginning was um to china like i i just don't really so this this is might go off in a little bit of a tangent but uh, you I know we got time this is a long form <laughs> podcast all right all right so i don't i don't really feel like um that music today is is doing any any justice like the, like there's very little difference to me between uh, commercial and artistic production you know and uh it's uh so to me it's it's like you create something of substance and beauty and at least at least that's the goal anyways it can mean something to you but it might not mean anything to anybody else and that's okay but the goal is to create something that is meaningful in art that moves people. And, you know, it it can mean something in, to someone at different points in their life. And I feel like a lot of music nowadays to me doesn't, it's, it's lost that like it's become so, I don't want to say overproduced, but it's, it's, it lacks, it's, it's lacking the substance behind it, you know? And so, I wanted to write something that isn't really, it's not really commercially successful. Um, and it also like wouldn't fit to sell something, 
it's it, the only thing that it would that it would fit is if is if somebody is going through something or somebody is feeling a certain way, you know, they can they can relate to it and say, well, this is completely I completely relate to this, and I I know that I'm not alone. You know, yeah. like uh, there, there's other people out there that are that are dealing with this the same sort of thing that I happen to be going through at this at this time in my life, and uh, and and everything's going to be okay. You know, life is that roller coaster, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And um, during the bad parts, that's when like you want to kind of put something out there to help people remember that like you know, you go through the bad parts to remember the good, to get back to the good. And you always learn something from it as well. So that's sort of like what that is from. So the cultural vultures comes from people, uh, essentially vultures or scavengers. And, mm. you, you know, they are, they are the ones that aren't the artists, but they're the ones that are taking and profiting off, off of the artist. Does that make sense? Oh, I can dig it, Danny Schneider. And, and you know, okay, uh, in in particular, you, you mentioned that point. Uh, here I am. I'm talking to you. I'm getting content for my podcast while I'm getting your story. And you're getting to share your story with the people that listen to my podcast. And it's mutually beneficial, I I, I presume, hopefully. Uh, for sure. And, and this is and this is exactly what I meant before. Like, uh you know, putting out something and doing something like it, it just, it gives you the ability to meet other people such as, such as yourself. Like you get to meet people like you that, um, if I hadn't have done this, I never would have met you or had contact with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it's definitely a good thing. Like in a way, like it, it's, it's just, uh, opening up doors and, and avenues that in my life that I never even thought were, or would ever happen before oh absolutely I, I i did this to not only to promote people but to have genuine conversations with people to learn about people i mean here you are you're a firefighter i had no idea but from looking at your instagram and that's how i found you primarily was on your instagram and, and I, I had you know in here i was a firefighter for 10 years and we chewed a lot of the same dirt i like that yeah now yeah, where are you located now <laughs> danny snyder uh, right now I live in uh, I live in Northern Kentucky, like right out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Northern Kentucky, which is closer to Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, so I'm getting the geography. Here I am in Conway, Arkansas, and yes, we are. It, we were up until now uh, complete strangers, uh, maybe you know casual acquaintances on on Instagram, and now we get to have a conversation, and it's going to be For shared sure. with people all over the world if they care to listen. And for sure, yeah. So, Danny Snyder, music. Now you do music. Was that from an early age? Have you wait? Have you always lived in the Cincinnati area, the the Kentucky, Northern Kentucky area? Yeah, I grew up here, um, just in, in in Northern Kentucky. So I'm a Kentucky boy. Uh, <laughs> for sure, that's good. I, you know, I haven't uh, spoken to anybody, at least on the podcast, from Kentucky. Uh, what's life like in Northern Kentucky, or? Did you have most of your time, your fun times in Cincinnati, Ohio, since you're so close? It's 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 all about the same. Like uh, it it would be because Cincinnati is right on the border, right? Um, of of northern of Kentucky. So I mean, you, you literally can stand in Kentucky and see all the buildings in Cincinnati, <laughs> and then Covington and Newport, like those all have their own uh, skyscrapers and skyline as well. So it's, I mean, the, the city has really progressed uh, 
and done, and done a great job since uh, for as long as I can remember from growing up into it. Like, uh, especially when I was much younger, that I, I used to go to all the the indie concerts and everything like that. Back when like concert tickets were ten dollars. Miss those days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you go you go into like a sweaty cigarettes uh, filled bar, and uh, and and it was all part of the atmosphere. You knew that you were going to be sweaty and gross and but you get to see an awesome amazing band and and uh but you kind of miss those days and uh i i don't i think that those bands are they're still out there but it's it's just not the same uh just because of the the people that that control those clubs now it's sort of more of a universal type of uh type of thing um they they all they're all owned by the same the same company so you don't get like those there's indie bands anymore that, that came through and just were that just were sweating on stage every night. But like that, it was always great. There was always a great music scene in Cincinnati and, and, and Kentucky as well. And um, so I was very fortunate to grow up in that time period to, to, to have that, like uh, that to be a part of that, the grit and, and Cincinnati and everything. And now it's like completely gentrified and, and there's a, like all those old clubs are, torn down and like they've been replaced with organic you know fooderies and <laughs> whatnot which is which is which is all good too i mean everything has its, its time and place and that's that time is is come and gone for those places and now there's something new and uh and and it's it's all it's, it it is good though but uh the city is, is very progressive and and i still like living here and and it, the great thing about it too is it's inexpensive so it allows me to travel when I want to, you know, like, uh, yeah. been all over Europe and Australia and, what? and yeah, like, uh, and, and the only reason I'm able to do that is because because I live here and, you know, if I lived in New York city, like you live in the, the metropolis and, but you also, uh, can't really leave the metropolis because it's so expensive, you know, like San Francisco is the same way, but whereas now, like if I want to go up to New York city, take a flight up there and it's, it's not it's not that expensive just go up there visit for for a week or so come back you know if i want to find tickets to to europe and go to paris you know there's a paris flight that leaves out of cincinnati twice a day just go yeah and it's and it's uh and i think that's also like such an importance uh for for people to do is is to get out of your comfort zone and you know, go to these other places in the world and see how people live and see how people talk to each other and see how, you know, it, it, and people are people wherever you go, but it, there's just little differences. And once you learn about people in general and you learn about that, you you see just how magnificent all of this really is. Danny Snyder, you've given me a few avenues to, to explore, uh, some things to unpack, uh, so to speak. You're... At, you're, you're working at the airport. I mean, and you're you're you seem like a, a much younger man than me. I'm 50 years old, and I'm getting a view of the world from a, a, a younger man's perspective. What what year did you graduate high school? I graduated in '96. '96. See, well, okay, maybe 10 years younger than me, and so mm -hmm. uh, uh, maybe a 40 year old man. Yes. Pro yeah, and you're, you're still you still have insight because it seems you have like you have your fingers on the pulse of of certain things like you see the way that your city and your part of the world has changed 
uh, over the years, and, and you you've observed that. And does that reflect in your art uh, when whenever you're creating the, the music and mm-hmm. and doing those things and, and your travels around the world? I, I'm guessing working at the airport uh, does that have the benefits of of being able to to travel a little bit uh, easier, maybe? Unfortunately, it does not. I oh. wish it did. And, and, and uh, yeah, like I've, I've always, that's something that all of us that work there question, like, you know, can we get flight benefits? And they're like, no, absolutely not. And we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, it, I mean, it would, it would be great if we could, but, and it's, it's all in how you choose to, to spend your money and your time. Like, you know, like some people, you know, they buy, they buy boats or they buy really nice, expensive trucks or whatever, you know, for me, like I, I travel and I write music and I yeah. go in the studio and I'm completely DIY. Like I, I record these albums. I'm not really connected to anybody and which has its own um, greatness to it because there's nobody that tells me what I'm supposed to be doing you know but uh, but on the other on the other side of that coin like you know you don't really have like anybody marketing you and all that stuff like that as well so you know i think eventually like you'd want to sort of develop a symbiotic relationship with with uh with a a company that could that could help you and you and you work together to achieve a certain goal but um but yeah like my, my words are my words you know and i don't I don't have to, there's nobody telling me like, well, you should change this because people aren't going to understand it or they're not going to, they're not going to relate to this. And I'm like, well, there are a few that will though. So, um, as far as like me living here and how, how that affects me, I, um, I, I, I just see myself as a, as you know, a person of, of the world itself. Like I live here, this is where I reside, you know, for now, I don't know for how long, uh, it works for now. I have a house, you know, that I take care of and I do my do my thing in. Sure. And uh, but as far as like the experiences and everything that I get come from traveling and the people that you meet and uh, just just the different the different types of people. Like and and the weird thing is like I'm at a point in my life where I can pick up energies in people like. I can decide and I have that choice like immediately whether or not I want to let these someone into my life or not based off of like their, their own, the energy that they put out because there are bad energies and I just, I, I don't really need, really need to deal with that anymore. So, uh, my, my own, I guess, I guess it all just comes like how I write and everything just, just comes from my own meandering experience from, <laughs> everywhere and all the people that have come across my life and the things that I've learned and how I've changed as a person, you know, I can look at myself, um, 20 years ago and yeah. I was just some dumb kid. And I, and like, if I would have had success 20 years ago, I would have, I would have ruined it. You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, now I, I think, y- yeah, go ahead. I just think that I was going to say is I think that just changes with age and, and uh, you, you become better at understanding, yourself and you're not really second guessing yourself anymore all right danny schneider uh, the cultural vulture now you're talking about the traveling and my mom worked for delta my stepdad worked for american so i got the ability to travel when i was a, a younger man uh, f- f- at least all over the country i never stepped outside of the united states like you did danny schneider and i'm, I'm sure you know I, i'm i'm a little jelly as the kids would say, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that you have been outside of this great country of ours. Uh, but you're 
uh, let's see. You said you were talking about your uh, your your music and how it's distributed. And when you're working for yourself, you can put out a product that you yourself like with nobody telling you what to do. But then you said you you, you see things from both sides of the coin. You have no team backing you up, distributing your music, helping you to get it out there. You know because. Okay, yes, you're talking about things that, that you say you like it, but I find that if I put something out there, if I like it, somebody else is going to like it as well. You know, most of the music that I play on RadioWhat.com is is music that, that I enjoy, and the reason that people listen to it is because, yeah, they enjoy it too. That's great. You know, I'm happy about that. But, you know, funny, you're in, in Cincinnati. I think Amazon has a, a big hub there. Uh and do you put your music out on on Amazon and iTunes and all those other platforms? Yeah, they they do. They're actually building one right now. A uh, huge hub. It's going to be their main hub is in Cincinnati um, at the airport. Um, but and I do. It's on it's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. It's Tidal, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Um, I think the only one that uh, the only streaming service that that kind of rejected my music was pandora what uh, yeah but uh and, and that's that's all right that's that's their that's that's up to them so it, it wasn't it wasn't even discouraging to me i was like okay <laughs> it's fine do you do what you got to do uh well, i mean that's their their business but um well, but it's also it's also yes. on vinyl too like it's on I, I released it on vinyl records just because um for me like that's what makes it real at that point, like all the digital stuff, like, you know, we lose power and then like everything's gone. But if I have like something that is tangible that I can hold, like I come from that realm, like, you know, like where you had records when you were a kid and you had CDs and you had cassettes and, and like you had something tangible that you can hold. And then at the end of that, like, that's what, that's where I feel good. Like when I'm holding my actual, like I, re- I essentially created something from nothing at all. Like, yes it's something that didn't exist previously and now it does. And it's just out there in the ether somewhere. So, Oh yeah. Danny Schneider, you're talking about records, man. I mean, growing up as a baby DJ, when I started in 86, I had probably close to a thousand records and I enjoyed holding them and looking at the artwork and funny today, I don't have any records anymore. Oh, no, that's a lie. I have one record left in my collection. It's a Jimi Hendrix experience record, and I don't know why I still have that one, but it's the only one I have. have Yeah, oh, absolutely. But today, while I was waiting to get my hair cut, right next door was the Target. So I go into the Target, and I meander back to the electronics area, and what do they have? Vinyl records. And I'm looking at it with eyes of nostalgia, thinking, wow, you know, I really haven't played records since 99 i gave up my ter- techniques back then and i haven't had to play a record since then really i mean i guess maybe i must have touched a record since then but to have my own turntables haven't needed it, it it's all been digital and, and i you having your stuff on vinyl it's a it's serving a niche there's a uh, quite a few DJs that are going back to vinyl because of the warmth and, and the, the feel and the artwork of having vinyl. And I'm glad, I'm glad you put it out there. Uh, how, I mean, I'm, I'm digging on your culturevultures.org website and it really, 
it has it all right there. All your links are at the bottom that, that tells people where to go. And, uh, ooh, your Twitter, yeah, that was, uh, your Twitter was, link is off, is off, but, uh, yeah. So, for, yeah. So far, all the other links have been linking up to your music, Danny Snyder. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, that's good. I, I, that wasn't, I'm not very computer savvy when it comes to that stuff. And I had to, I had to figure all that out. Um, painstakingly over over a month or so like how i you know luckily uh the the square space is where i released it all from like it it, it kind of <laughs> made it a little bit easier but yeah yeah like i, I prefer i prefer the the records <laughs> over over the digital all right and, and also like what i like about records too is like there's just like for me like i, I have like there were albums at least in the past like they told a story you know, like there's a lot of like that music and, and like, like now, like everything is just based off of singles in the, in the fifties and sixties, there was a lot of singles, you know, they would oh, release sure. like 45s and everything. And then like, um, they, they started releasing like albums and then those albums, like they essentially told a story, like you listen to the whole thing and like, and, and it was, it was beautiful. And, and it was, it was a new form of storytelling, like, and that's sort of what, what my why i released it on vinyl because my own albums do the same thing like each song is is in place uh for the next like and it and it does tell a story and it's uh essentially like um you you're you you're taken away from this the, the singles again and uh and i i think it's better to listen to the whole thing like in the other the other really neat thing to me about it is is like you can hear things on the on the vinyl like especially with headphones on like real a really good set of headphones mm. like you listen to the michael jackson thriller album oh and yeah uh, so like uh what was it uh he brought in uh eddie van halen to play that guitar riff mm -hmm. uh on uh what was it on thriller on was it is it beat it yeah beat, like, it, no. beat it had the yeah, yeah the the yeah the eddie, eddie van halen had the solo in there mm-hmm yeah, so um, Quincy Jones, uh, just he like Eddie Van Halen just played a bunch of different stuff, and then Quincy Jones like cut the tape and and the actual tape that he recorded on, and then like made a uh, made that made that track the way that it sounds like a do 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 do, and if you listen to it on headphones, you can hear where the cut is. Yeah. And like you can't do that like with digital, and you can't do that like not that that stuff really matters, and it's not meant to be heard. But it is still uh, unique in its own right. Like, like th that that kind of stuff is 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 really interesting to me. Anyways, like I I love that stuff. Like, you know, it, it just it just makes it personable and real. Like, like not everything was was just laid out perfectly in the beginning. Like, it took a lot of cutting and pasting, the same as we do on computers and everything else. And but they had to actually physically cut it and. It's pretty neat to me. Oh, for an aficionado, listening to it with headphones, it's a totally different animal. Uh, you do hear the pops. You do hear the clicks. Uh, you're, uh, you were going through the years when when people had 45s and and you, you missed one niche when music started to go portable and people wanted to listen to it in their in their cars, in their vans, eight tracks. Now, eight track oh, yeah. tapes, you had to listen to the whole album. Uh, before there there were a few eight track players that that had the fast forward and it was only forward i don't remember any eight track players that even had a backward but for the most part you put that eight track tape in 
And yeah, you better be going on a road trip because you're going to be listening to that whole album. For sure, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, my dad had a 78 Blazer that Ooh, I yeah. and uh, his had an 8-track player and uh, I think he had uh, Inagata De Vida. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. And it, like, it, it, I remember just listening to that like uh, going, we're going down to Mammoth Cave or something like that when I was a kid and and uh, that that playing for some reason in my head that that popped up when you said a track because he had the a track in his in his truck and those things were, but they would always get so hot in the sun and then eventually stop not play right yeah and people in their cars but yeah Danny Schneider I heard that that uh, that uh, siren in the background and you you kind of you stop for a second uh, the the sirens I mean I've been out of firefighting since. Ooh, 1999, and sirens still give me a a a, a twitch, you know, a, a, a feeling. Did you? It is did a you subtle rush. Yeah. Yes, it, is, it definitely is a subtle rush, and and uh, especially a cue siren. A cue siren. Uh, yeah. Now, tell me what a, uh, you're talking about. The wind up siren. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the uh, the cue is on the. It's those are on uh, the the actual fire trucks themselves. Like so, the engines or a truck company will have a a cue siren, and it'll be on the front bumper, and it just spins, and it makes that real distinct siren sound. Yes. Yes. As opposed to the like the ambulances, you always hear the other ones. The cue, the cues is, I think, is what gets me the kind of makes me smile a little bit it, it warms my heart oh i remember bit. i had a, a an old a f850 it was the only pump, a pump and run truck that we had it was great for for grass fires that you know yeah, if you wanted yeah. to pump and, and run and that one had a uh, that cue siren and i remember it would wind up and then it didn't have a break on it so you would be halfway through the fire and the thing would still be winding down yeah. now now they all have siren brakes on them which is which is definitely a helpful thing cause <laughs> especially when you pull up on a fire because you you have you know um i remember so many fires in newport that that i went on and uh, you had the electric to the house popping and like sparks going everywhere all the fire trucks are just loud this is always always so loud right. uh, with the fans and um you know, and and the pump running high and everything like that, and you go into the fire, and it was there were there were times inside of it, like you know, when I'm waiting for water or whatever, and like I, I just remember thinking like how peaceful it was in there, and like everything is literally on fire, like right. it was like sort of like this weird chaotic piece, you know, like I knew I was fine, but like you're just looking around at everything, and like it's already self ventilated, you know, like yes. so like you can see things, like you know, if it's not self ventilated, it's a little bit different because you can't see anything as you i'm sure you well know but yes. yeah like it's uh it's just it, it's just great like i'm very fortunate to to have to do something that i love to do like to anybody listening i think that if you are ever questioning like if like your job if you're not happy in it but like say you make a lot of money doing it mm -hmm. i'd say quit your job and yeah. find something that you love to do because no no amount of money is ever worth your unhappiness like it's no. it's 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 a real thing like uh you you just feel lighter and better now Danny Snyder for the listeners i know we're talking about fires and accidents and and critical times in people's lives and it it sounds like there's an a joy in our voices talking about them but yes we're there i mean i mean when i was doing the, the job it was to save lives and and we're talking about it, it with a nostalgia and not that 
hey that we're belittling yes people are losing their property and their lives and and uh, oh, yes, these things sure. and, but yes uh, you know and firefighters and you're getting a little bit of insight on what how firefighters talk about fires wow that was a great fire no you know yes we know in our minds it wasn't great that there was a fire and somebody's house got burned down or somebody got hurt but it, we're thinking you know h- how great it was that we were able to be there and knock it down and limit the property loss and the loss of life. Is is that where you're at, Danny Snyder? Yeah, and I, and I want to thank you for clarifying that. Like yes. that's not like I I don't ever want to come off like like uh, like I'm belittling any anything that we do or, or or the how how it actually affects families because that to me has always been heartbreaking. You know, like and what whatever it is like if we're working, you know, a patient that is coded and like the family is just hanging over you, just sobbing, crying and everything like that, that's hard. That's hard to deal with like in those moments. And, but like, there's other, there's the other moments like when you show up and you're, you're just there to throw a ladder up to pull people out of the top floor because they're, they're buildings on fire and like there's flames around them and they're scared to death and you're taking them out of that. Like that there's, that's, there's a feeling there that just like, I, I, like and I'm sure you know, like you can't really compete with that. Like you just you help somebody in the, in in a desperate time of need, and like and and in the moments, it's always like almost like robotic. Like you just you have to just you you just do what needs to be done. But then in the aftermath, like when you're sitting down, thinking about it or talking about it with everybody, you're like, can you believe we were in that situation? You know, like it's it's uh it definitely. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a strange feeling. Oh, I remember like, grabbing that nozzle, going into the house, putting out the fire, doing what I had to do. Uh, remember uh, trying not to do the surround and drowned, but certainly using the science uh, of, of you can put out a whole house with four gallons of water. If you do it mm-hmm. right with the steam, with the conversion, uh, but notwithstanding that, once you put all the fire out, you come outside, you're huffing, you're puffing. And then you look at the fence across the street and there's the homeowners and yeah, yeah you feel them, you feel for them. Oh, I, I'm with you, man. Now, now you're taking me back and nostalgia is a, is a <laughs> yeah. weird thing. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it lovingly, but I'm remembering all the times when I saw the sad faces and whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Firefighting. It's not an easy thing, man. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. And, and like, the the camaraderie though like yes. and i'm sure that you know this like th- like that that's what that's what makes a job so great like you you develop like th- these guys become your family like yes. you know you work with the same guys for for 20 years or whatnot and like they're just they're your family and and you laugh together and you make fun of each other and you you know you're just they're just great and yes and it's also great because m- uh both of my parents were firefighters so my my, what? my mom it's in the my blood mom, my, yeah, that's that's how that's how I uh, got involved with it, and uh, you know, like obviously, like there's my my I have other things and interests as well, like the music and everything, and uh, just just art. Like I'm I'm art school all the way, but became a firefighter, um, you know, because of that. Like uh, like it was great. Like I could combine two worlds that that typically aren't ever combined. And it was, and I thank my parents for that, like, yeah. because I, I just grew up in the fire service and it's what I became. And, uh, 
so I was able to love art and love like you know uh, learn learn art history and all that stuff like that and learn music and all that but to also combine that world with with this other world that you know typically it's it, you don't see well you know, danny like, snyder the the cultural vulture it's conducive to uh, have another job when you're a firefighter usually it's 24 on and 48 off what are you going to do with two days off uh you know nothing sit around no but you're talking about your influences from your parents and yes they influenced you to become a firefighter to to have that love for that but it sounds like your dad at least with his eight tracks and i'm going to be a little cliche influenced you from an early age in music and uh yes here's the cliche part uh dandy schneider what what sort of music influences uh did you get uh who influenced you as a as a young man so i i've always loved music like and uh, like for whatever reason I'm, i was just drawn to it like my, my dad like introduced me he was like really into like the surf rock like the ventures and the beach boys and jan and dean and and all of that like um just just that california surf music from the 50s and, and 60s and uh and so that i would say that was like my first kind of experiences with that and but then obviously like anything that led that led into um you know all the 60s music and uh, like like Jimi hendrix and you know then you get into the 70s with led Zeppelin, and then like, and you're just like blown away you're like how is how did somebody like make this like this is like the first time you you put those headphones on and you listen to to like no quarter by led zeppelin you're just like how 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 did you come up with this you know like it, it's just it's just always like was crazy to me and you know like i mean there's just so many there's there's a there's 500 bands that i can name off i would say uh, i'll just say my my biggest influence is like uh started probably in high school and uh that was like with david bowie and uh nine inch nails and i remember nine inch nails one of my buddies um gave me a pretty hate machine back in 1992 and uh and i just that album blew me away especially being you know a freshman in in high school like not really knowing which direction to go into or anything like that. Like uh, all my friends were like into the punk rock scene or into the skateboarding scene and all that stuff like that. And I just, I, I was just kind of like um, just everywhere with my taste and everything. And so that, so I listened to Nine Inch Nails and then uh, that led into stuff like Skinny Puppy. And then that led into like, all, and then all the like the Pearl Jam and Nirvana, of course. Right, being in the and, in the nineties, you had to had to do a little bit of grunge in there. Yeah, and um, and so so all of that stuff was was really great to me. But then like, and then I started going back in time, yes. like, um, like to to Nina Simone and Frank Sinatra and uh, just all all of those like which then brought me even further back to like well what else is out there and then you start listening to like robert johnson and old blues yes. like sunhouse and and you're just you're just like well people have just been recording for so long and just been making stuff and just doing it on their own and uh and so that's i i just sort of came to that realization that like i'm just gonna do it on my own i don't need anybody else like i don't i you know it would be great to have a band but you know I, I don't need one like i can just i can do all this 
And so then I just started doing it and redoing it and rewriting and rewriting and until I come up with something that, that I'm happy with. Now, are and, you playing musical instruments or are you synthesizing everything? No, everything is, everything is all instruments. So, and, and I'm not, and so I'll go and I'll write the music and everything. And then I'll go in the studio, uh, I, I, with, uh, my producer, um, his name's Rich Hordinsky. Uh, he's in, he's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Shout out. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out all the parts together and everything. And then, so I'll play the guitar parts and, um, there's a little bit of him playing guitar on there as well. And then, um, all the violins and cellos, like, uh, there's, there's a, there's a, a violinist from, um, he is in, uh, the Cincinnati symphony and he'll, he'll come and, and play those parts. And so then we just arrange them and, and with, with my words and with, you know, what I've written and the chord structures and everything. So, so like one thing I haven't gotten into, and this is sort of how, like I, I base everything in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like I, uh, so I build a lot of furniture. What? I, I, I build a lot of things just in general. I'll build furniture or I'll build whatever. I'll come up with something, I'll draw it out, and then I'll build it. Wait, just and, like with wood and, and a saw and hammer and nails? Yeah, yeah, like uh, what, just woodworking. and. Uh, you so know, you're not going to I- Ikea and just grabbing a kit? No, no, I build, I build all my furniture in my house. Like Danny I, Snyder, you got more facets. All right. Tell me about the, the building. Tell me more. Well, so what, what I wanted to say was like, uh, that's, that's sort of how I look at everything in my life. Like um, you, you're building a foundation and you start off with the foundation. So in music, like the foundation would be like the chord structure. And then you start adding all the elements that make it beautiful. You know, like, well, what's the rhythm going to be? What's the drums? What's the what's the bass line going to be? You know, it's all in the same key. And uh, in what what strings? What do I add those in at? And like, it's the same thing when you're building a piece of furniture. You start off with the foundation and you build up, and then you start adding all the elements of that piece of furniture that just makes it beautiful, and uh, and and makes it just not just a simple piece of furniture that doesn't do anything but when you but you know what i mean like um it's it's essentially just creating beauty and that's i'd I'd say that's that's what all of our goals are um or should be anyways it's just to create something that was beautiful some people do it with families and they create families and that is the most beautiful thing that you can create you know and and other people do it with music or art or paintings or whatever but it's all the same thing like you have to have a strong foundation to build off of i like the way you put that danny schneider the cultural vulture now you you say you started with art uh from an early age and and, you know before you branched out into the into the fire department uh tell me about the art from an early time and what kind of art so i I was uh went to school did a lot of art history and um you know studied all the paintings and all the greats and everything like that and um kind of learned that a lot of artists are they're they're popular and big because of of, of who they knew at the time and that sort of taught me a little bit about marketing mm, yeah. and uh you know like jackson pollack was you, you know he he's famous for his for his art you know he really threw the paint on there but he was also in deep with uh with with guggenheim and hmm. he was a she was a prominent figure in that in the art world so it, it there's a, there's just a lot of that stuff i'd say 
what has always moved me though would be like uh i mean obviously i i, I love looking at old paintings like i've been to florence italy and like that you you go there and you're just you're just immersed in the renaissance period like you're just but then like you learn about all the medicis and like how they essentially financed the entire renaissance period yeah. and you know they were essentially the first banking system and the first godfathers huh. or mafia even but uh but like you but you but out of that came out of that sort of despondency came, you know, all of this beautiful artwork, like from Da Vinci to Michelangelo's, you know, you, you go in there and you see David and, or um, like all, all the, just Raphael's work and just all these artists from that time period. And a lot of it's biblical because that's what they were told to paint. Right. And but like, I'd say what moves me the most, like moving forward would be uh, the futurist in the, in the, the cubist, you know, more like, not, I, I definitely like Picasso, but I'd say uh, Marcel Duchamp uh, was probably one of my favorite artists for many reasons. One, um, he just saw sort of the, uh, the the craziness of it all, yeah. you know, uh, of of art, and he didn't he didn't he was an amazing painter, you know. Like uh, every time I see, still see, there's a painting. It's called A Woman Descending a Staircase, and every time I see it, like it still moves me. It's it's a it's a nude woman just descending a staircase and that's all it is. But it's it's beautiful to me in the way that it's painted, and um, so I've always loved uh, that artwork. And then yeah, I just um, looked it up. It's beautiful, beautiful painting. Yeah. yeah, I forget about the computers and the internet. You can everything is at our fingertips. It is at your <laughs> fingertips, and and I, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, Danny Snyder. And I'm getting knowledge from you. I'm getting knowledge about art in Florence, Italy, and, and it's so good that you're well traveled and you've seen things. Uh, you know, all I can do is live vicariously through you and others. Uh, you know, being in Conway, Arkansas, and you you mentioned raising a family. Uh, I'm doing that myself. Have Have you started a family? No, it's uh, it's just me. Um, wow. Okay. I, I was I was married. Okay. Uh, once before, um, it just it just didn't work out. You know. Yeah, uh, just happens. in different just just in different places. But uh, from that divorce, I would say is where my first album came from because divorce is uh is essentially dealing with a death and um yeah you know like I haven't spoken to her in seven years eight years maybe yeah. and uh. But yeah, so I that's that's where the first album came from. That's how I dealt with that divorce was I had to get it all out of me. Like I had to I had to like no, I can't you can't hold that you can't hold on to that because that will eat you up inside. So I had to find ways to to release that from me, from myself and uh so I wrote it all out. It's it's amazing Danny Snyder how how that happens, how from pain comes creativity. And I've heard it before. And I'm hearing it right now from you, Danny Snyder. Uh, that's amazing. And so what year was this? This is seven years ago? Um, yeah, it was uh, the, end of, the end of 2012. So, yeah, about that. It's amazing that 2012 is seven years ago. I still think of 10 years ago as the 90s. It's, it's I, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it, is, it is weird. I was like, didn't. didn't like I remember where I was during September 11th, and like I still feel like that just that wasn't that long ago, and right. we're we're almost at 20 years, like, which is kind of hard to think about. Right. So, how many instruments do you play? Uh, I play guitar, piano, bass, a little bit of drums, but I'm not 
um, I'm not great at drums, but I've, I've always loved them and I can, you know, hold tempos and everything and, and do that. I, I, but really I just like come up with ideas and I'm like, I'll, I'll have an actual drummer who's proficient at that play that play those parts, but yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. That's I'll either write on guitar or piano typically. Well, you, you mentioned Quincy Jones and, and doing it all yourself. Uh, what is it? Foster, foster the people. Didn't he send that pumped up kicks? I, this is something that I, I've heard and I've, I've I think I've read it before is he recorded pumped up kicks as a demo without his band. And he was just, you know, it, he was in his house in his home studio and he recorded the drums and the, and the guitar and all the, the different parts. And then he, he sent it in to his, his label and they released it just like that without the, his band, <laughs> you know? So, so you can do that in, in this electronic age where you could play it all and do it all. And I'm glad you have a producer because he's helping you to edit, and, and and you you might think that wow this is perfect this is good this is the way it should be, and then you have an outside, at least one person that's giving you an outside ear and saying you know what what if we did this and then you're gonna find ooh you're right I never thought of it that way, but and and yeah. I think that's that's just so important in general when creating like uh, uh, you know and and. and I, it's not it's not about me it's not about like like if you're creating anything like you have to take your ego out completely <laughs> because it, it, you know this is not this is not a world for somebody with a with a small ego like you or a big ego i guess i should say but um or a small mind <laughs> but you okay. have, you have to like uh you have to you have to just leave all that and then like be open to other people's ideas and and you know, because that that's when things are great. They're made great. Like, it, like I said, it's not about me. It's not about um, any of that. It's just it's just about making something that's beautiful. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, and that that's how I see it anyway. So, <laughs> so in the creative process, uh, how often do you do you butt heads with your editor, or your producer? I typically don't like I'm I'm a, I'm a listener like definitely like like um I, I'd say the only thing that that I'm like no we I think that we should keep this in is like if he tells me to like we should we should probably lose this verse because it'll make the song too long and I'm like <laughs> I'm like they're not going on the radio <laughs> you know? well that's the Freddie Mercury approach when he he did Bohemian Rhapsody six minutes no no you got to cut that down to three minute song nope not gonna do it I'm going to write the greatest song ever made or pretty much one of them, arguably. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, that, yeah. And that's funny about that too. Like, I don't think uh, th that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was successful until like almost a decade after, uh, at least in America. Like I think it was successful, successful overseas, but I think in America, I don't think it was that successful. at least until like Wayne's world came out yeah, and then, for sure. <laughs> and then, and then they, they kind of opened that door back up for them. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they did. They did live aid and killed it. So. Oh yeah. They don't even know what I'm talking about. I oh think no, I no. It, it was big. <laughs> it was successful. It's a, one of the greatest songs ever ever written. And then yes, yeah. Wayne's World uh, gave a whole new resurgence to it. All the kids thought, "Wow, listen to this great new song." And all us old old farts are going, "Yeah, that's been around for a while." <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but I'm yeah. glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure no and sure. so you you're you're not trying to put your music out on the radio not trying to to get it out well, there Well, i mean I, I would definitely you're open love to, to it do that. 
like I, I would love for for people to listen to it and for people uh, to 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 love what I'm doing, you know, and that and you know I release music videos and everything else to kind of give like a visual image because we are a visual culture now, yes, you know, and uh, so like I'll do that. I want people to listen to it, but I'm not going to force it on anybody. And if like radio stations want to play it, that that's awesome. That's great for yes. me. And uh, and it just like what I would like to do is just make enough to where it, it it just sustains itself where i can keep right. putting out albums you know i can keep putting out things where it's not costing me a lot of money to do it like it's just i'm just whatever i get back from it i put back into it and keep releasing more material for people for for fans essentially and whatnot you know yes danny schneider the cultural vulture now what genre would you put your music into if you had to put it in a box um I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of violins and cellos with guitar, with guitars, and and it's with sort of sort of rock music. Um, um, I I'd say it's it, it does it does definitely have that that sort of '60s vibe to it. But then, like, I have a lot of Moog on there as well, which which uh, makes it a little bit what's more Moog? 21st century um, as well. What's Moog? So, uh, a Moog is a it's a it's a brand of a synthesizer. It's all analog synthesizers. I think out in uh, Ashland, North Carolina. I think I just uh, heard about Bob, it yesterday on a podcast. But yes, yeah, Bob, go, go with the Moog. Bob, what is it? Bob Moog. Um, he he designed this this sort of synthesizer, and it's just all these really crazy uh, ornate sounds that are that you just can't get with anything else. And like just the thickness of them and everything like you you like you almost feel it like when when i play it like especially when i play it live like like i like i can feel that sound more than uh more than you can with everything it doesn't it's a very full rich sounds just so that, to, that's m-o-o-g moog yes moog yeah i'm looking at at some of them and yeah they look pretty cool it's got the the little keyboard on there with the a bunch of dials and and knobs to i mean how, yeah what? and all those you can you can manipulate the sound itself and like uh change it and change the the frequency and like the 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 delay of it and everything like that so that you can do a lot with with that with all of those and that was sort of like his his whole thing that he did and and kind of changed that and it was just it was just a new instrument for for all these artists to kind of pick up and use and use to creativity in a creative way so so what kind of sounds it can you do the guitar and the and the violin and the drums all by yourself i i do not do the violins uh by myself but can you? no not really i mean i've tried and right it just it's like it doesn't sound like you, but music is is the same like you can write music and sure. put music out there and then you know give it to somebody to, to you can write it on piano or guitar and then give it to somebody to play so yeah i don't want to put a, a an artist out of out of a job because you mentioned earlier in the podcast a starving artist yeah uh you know or or, or i guess it's been mentioned many times a starving artist and 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 the word starving in front of artist be, it gets in there so please support your local artist go out to a one of those sweaty clubs that we were talking about before and uh and support <laughs> to do that public service for message sure. <laughs> for sure yeah all and, right yes go ahead yeah and and that's uh that's that's what's great like there's still people that are out there doing it and like 
like that's 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 just amazing to me like you, you know going out there and 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 essentially doing the whole starving artist thing i think that there's other ways to do that now to where you're not uh you're not killing yourself anymore like i don't i just me personally i don't want to i don't want to live like that oh no <laughs> so. it's it's great that you have the firefighting job that gives you stability and it gives you the the ability to the stability and the ability to uh go out and do other things pursue other endeavors other creative uh avenues and that's what you've done with your two days off you go off and well is is the airport still one day on two days off yes it is i work 24 on 48 off yeah and with those two days off you can you can create and, and so you have one of the the mogs and that's a Man, that's like a two thousand dollar piece of equipment, man. But if you're going to go for it, go for it, right? Yeah, I mean they're not they're not cheap, but uh, there isn't really anything like them either. So. Yes. No, I'm looking at it, and I like I did I, I did say you said Moog, and I went, man, I've heard that word before, and it was yesterday on a on a podcast. I think it was a I think it was Rogan's uh, podcast, uh, the King, <laughs> and uh, he was ta- I talking. Check to- that out. I, I I love his podcast. He's got he- oh. Got some really excellent guests on there. You know what? And I started this one, this podcast. What makes you famous? Yes, okay. Every famous person wants to be on Joe Rogan, but not everybody is famous enough to go on Joe Rogan. But I find that everybody has a story, and Danny Schneider, you have a story. Not just about the cultural vultures where you're you're doing the music, but you're also a firefighter, and you're also an artist, and you've also traveled around the world a bit. And and you've learned some things, and you're imparting that knowledge right here. And I'm I'm sucking your brain dry. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, man. Uh, let's do this. And uh, so, what other avenues can we explore with with Danny Schneider? Uh, you, you know, your your parents were a great influence on you. You're from Northern Kentucky, close to Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, tell me about the h- how uh, Danny Schneider used to party in his twenties. Well, I'd say, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still very close with, uh, with, with some of my mates who I've, I've just, I've known my whole life, and, uh, and you know, we're, we're still, we still meet up, you know, on the weekends and whatnot, and 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 hang out together. Um, I'm, I was never really a big drinker. Yeah, didn't really do drugs ever. Great. Um, to me, like that, it was just always kind of a waste of time. Like. Um, like, and, and I, and I like that too, because everything that, that I do comes from me. Like right. it doesn't, there, there isn't uh like, and I don't want to like put down anybody who would, would, you know, do, do something to kind of uh, open up, expand their mind or whatever. I just think that there's other ways to, to get, to get there. They're, they're probably a little bit more difficult than, uh, than, than uh, to expand your mind than to, uh, do do a DMT for say or or something like that. But, sure. I mean, I, I've heard of of the mushrooms and I I've been around marijuana. I've smelled it. You know, I've never had it. Uh, I had a half a beer one time. I like the clarity that that my mind has. And and if I'm creating and I'm not going, if marijuana came around it, uh, on the vote, yeah, I'd legalize it. You know, it's, stop fighting about it. Legalize it. Regulate it. Uh, you know, all these drugs that can be that can be manufactured and and uh, and regulated 
legalize it. Stop fighting about it. You know, because if you look back at, at prohibition, uh, when people were fighting over alcohol, uh, as soon as the prohibition ended, the fight stopped. Oh, okay. So, yeah, stop fighting. <laughs> Regulate it. What do you think? Yeah, the, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't. If, if people want to do it, that's what the people want. Right. And, uh I say, go for it, do it for me personally. Like I wouldn't tell somebody ever to not do something like do, do what works for you. Uh, but research it, know what you're getting into, um, before you do it, but handle your high. (laughs) Yeah. If if that's what works for you, that's what works for you. Like for me, like, um, like there, there's, there's other ways of like, uh, sort of like reaching that, in, uh, that stage of enlightenment. And, uh, that's, that's what's what your, I think what's that, your way, Danny Snyder, what's your favorite way to get your mind, your juices flowing. So I'll say that, uh, a lot of it comes when I'm writing and I'll, I'll be writing in like a, a lot of it will be just, just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just crap. Like, uh, but like I'll keep writing and I almost like get into a trance light stake and, uh, you have to sort of, um, you, you let, you let other entities into the room, you know, like you let, you let other things because I, I do believe that we are surrounded by, by other, other things and like you can channel them and, and sort of like, um, be, almost become one with them for for a brief moment and 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 then some of the words that i write at, at times i'm like i can't believe i came up with that that's yeah. you know like i i you know what i mean like i'm like where did that come from because that's not my personality at all but it came from somewhere <laughs> we're all connected you know whether you, yeah. you you believe in in a higher power or or the big bang or whatever we're all connected we're all living together I, I do i do believe there's like almost a spider web of energy around the world sure. and like you can tap into that energy and uh that's why like if i have an idea about something i'll keep it close i don't i don't talk about it with anybody <laughs> because once it's out there it's out there sure. for anybody to grab and uh and it's funny too like the whole cultural vultures thing i uh I um I did that um that name like uh when I, when I released the first album 2014 15 yes something like that and then like like uh two years later there's a there's a band called Culture Vultures that's out <laughs> yeah. there yeah and, uh, and and then like I've seen I've seen Culture Vultures in, in a couple different places now where I've never seen it before that and like and and to me like that's that's almost like proof like once things are out there like they're just in the ether for somebody else to grab and, and, and use, you know, and that's okay. Like, yeah, that's I'm, why I'm, I'm noticing Danny, I, Danny Schneider, you have the, the dot org. What, what happened to the dot com? Uh, there was a, there was a, I, um, when I was building my first website, right. I, I uh, wanted to, to use a dot com and, uh, this, um, website comp, a company that does websites, uh, um, they they just they hacked the name beforehand, Aww. and then they wanted to charge me fifteen hundred dollars to uh, to to use that name, and I was like, huh. So I just uh, no. I just changed dot org. Boo <laughs> on squatters, boo. And, and yeah, they, and they were, yeah, they were just trying to make their they were just trying to make their money, and uh, and you know I'm not uh, like whatever. That's that's whatever. So like yeah. you go to culturevultures.com and like it's it's nothing like it's. Right, but I can't, I can't I can't use that 
that uh, that name because they they took it because they knew that I was because I because I had talked to them on the phone about making a website and sure. uh, and so then they grabbed that and then said, "Well, we'll sell this to you for fifteen hundred dollars if you want to buy it." And Those I was stinkers. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. No, and and if you uh, jam cultural vultures together and Google search it, it's going to come up with your website right at the top. I'm very happy I'm, about that. Happy for you, Danny Schneider. We're talking about yeah, a lot I'm, of things, man. I'm glad that it's out there. Like, um, yeah, I never, I never really know what that, what that stuff is. I don't even know if it gets traffic or not. Like, <laughs> like if people, if people go to it, it's just, it's, it's just out there. It is what it is. <laughs> No, and it's good, man. You build it with with Squarespace, Squarespace, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts get get. Uh, they're a great company because they were insightful enough to know, hey, this podcast thing, it's probably going to take off. People are going to start doing them, and I, and as of the last thing I heard, and this is probably a couple of days ago, there's over seven hundred fifty thousand podcasts, and uh, Squarespace was right along with them in the beginning, and they still get spo- sponsored by them. And I'm looking at your website, man. It's 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 concise, and it has all the info that I need, man. Uh, all the places to find your music, Danny Schneider. Uh, kind of, you, you did What's good. Good, good. It's it's just one of those things, like. You never, you never really know, like how well people are going to perceive it, or if it, if it's working right. Like I, I remember I would click off of it to click on things just to make sure that it works. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, just check like your said, check not, your I'm Twitter. Not very computer savvy, like yeah, check your Twitter uh, link. That's the one that that came up uh, as a bad link. Oh no, look, I just clicked it again. Maybe it was just on that on that one page. Then check all the different pages because I, I just found your your Twitter link on on the main page but i think i was on your contact page and uh the twitter link wasn't working uh, all right yeah, yeah. I, I i don't i don't i don't know if the facebook is on or not because i don't have facebook or anything like that like your uh, cultural vultures uh facebook page is is on there okay that's on there yeah all right yeah i i just i don't have i don't have access to it anymore because i don't i i just deleted facebook completely because uh, I, I just I didn't think it was healthy. All right. Well, I mean, you you talked about you you did your first album in 2012, and how many how many songs were on that one? Uh, there's ten. There's ten on both both of the albums. There's two albums. Songs. Okay, yeah, so albums. you took how long to to build that first album? Because I know a lot of artists they'll take their whole lives to come up with that first record and. They put it out, and every song's a hit. Oh, my goodness. They were perfectly structured. And then the record company says, all right, in a year, you need to put out another album. Exactly the same, as good. You you had your whole life to build one album. How long did it take to build that one? And then how long did it take to build the second album? Uh, I'd say from start to finish, and, and it was probably three years to do the first album. And the second album was uh, roughly roughly a year. And then, like this album that I'm that I'm doing now, this third album, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say probably uh, probably will be another year. Not not from now, but like a year uh, be, uh, total. Of so, me worth yeah. same team, same same artists, same uh, studio musicians that have been working on all three albums. Yeah, yeah. So far, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, hey, once you got a good team, why mess up? Why mess with it? <laughs> why mess with yeah, perfection? Definitely. And, it, and it's going very well. You're you're putting things together now. You're primarily writing all the the 
lyrics and writing all the songs your, yourself. So this is Danny Schneider's brainchild, correct? Yeah, yeah. I've, I write all the songs, all the lyrics, all that's all the, the you know the music, and then like a lot of times, Rich uh, Ordinsky will he'll help me with uh, with the arrangements and everything like that. Like uh, you know, and that that sort of second second voice in my head telling me like we should do it this way i think this will be better and i'm like yeah i agree <laughs> or no i don't <laughs> no but, it's uh, good to have richard Insky in your in your uh, corner and that's excellent uh, shout out good to have a team uh, of yeah those and, and, uh, and and so they're all they're all just uh great great people Every, everybody that all those musicians that, that i've worked with um um doing doing these albums are just fantastic people but yeah like so the lyrics and everything and and like i said like i i a lot of my lyrics um i try to write each lyric almost to have a double meaning like uh Ah. so you know for people that still read lyrics which i don't know if there are but i'm sure there are there um for people that still read lyrics uh they, they they could get something possibly out of it and maybe they won't though too so but it is what it is at this point so hey, it was fun for you to write it and, and and like i said man if you if you put it out there if you like it somebody else is definitely going to like it man it, it, it's good stuff man it, 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 people are people are genu- generally the same all over the world republican democrat They're, if you talk to them they 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 all want the same things man a, a good life <laughs> uh, you know some money in their pocket a, a nice job you know happiness it's all in the pursuit, man. And if you're writing and and it's something that you like, hey, man, other people are people, man. You're right about that <laughs> in the beginning, of course. Yeah, for sure. Like that, and that that's I think how people are. Like that's how they're that that that's what they're supposed to do. Like you're, you know, this whole this whole thing while we're here is it's a learning process. You know, like we're learning so we can get to where we're supposed to be next. Well, all and, right, uh, yeah. Danny Snyder, you got anything else going on today? You getting back in the studio? You you say you just got off work uh, uh, earlier, and you did you jumped into the studio today already? Yeah, I did a little bit of that, and then um, but uh, I'll probably just work on some stuff tonight uh, musically because uh, at the end of August uh, I'll I'll be be in the studio like for a, a while. So I've just I've just been uh, working out a lot of these details for these newer songs that uh, that are about to come out so now, is this is is this rich's studio or is this your studio no this is this is rich's studio and rich is off-site he's on a different place yeah he's in uh it's in walnut hills which is uh like a suburb of cincinnati ohio and say, um, and say the name of his <laughs> studio give him a shout out uh it's it's monastery studios monastery. it's in walnut hills and uh it's actually in an old church Hey. Uh, converted into a studio because the the just sounds magnificent in there so like you record drum tracks and everything like the the sound in, inside of there is just really good oh anybody so that's really been great, to a, go great albums came out of there anybody that's gone to church knows that the acoustics are good <laughs> in fact a lot of the the music going back to the music of the 60s a lot of that was recorded in churches uh, even the secular Church, stuff churches and bathrooms yeah yeah Oh, <laughs> bathrooms, man. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic, his first uh, recording of My Bologna was at the Central uh, Park. Uh, I'm sorry, the Central Station in New York in the bathroom. That's pretty funny. I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that. My Bologna. Hey, if you listen to it, it's all echoey and it's pretty cool. <laughs> but bathrooms have their own acoustics. Uh, yeah, they do. 
kind of weird. A tile does does something something cool with uh with the acoustics. It's that you can't really get in other other things. All right, Danny Snyder, tell the people how to find you. I know we've been touching on your website and such and find out more about Danny Snyder, Culture Vultures. I haven't even got into zero history. What does that mean? And da- Dahlgren, is that just is that somebody's name? No, no. Uh, Dahlgren was uh, it's, it's a Samuel Delaney book. Um, uh, there's a there's a uh, city in there inside that book called Bologna where um, Bologna. Hey, we just mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, See that we're we're connected. We're connected, and I didn't even know it. For sure, for sure. And um, I. It's, but uh, the the whole uh, so zero history to me was like uh, just hitting the reset button, right? You know, like, uh, like starting over. You know, rebuilding myself and growth and that sort of thing like that. So zero history. Dowdron was uh was more of like a, a place of um in the book it's a place of of like uh, sort of despondency and and that sort of thing but like it, it, you're also getting yourself out of that uh but I, it's just one of my favorite books yeah. and so I just figured uh, when why not yeah you know, I'm not it, at a level where I, I don't think I'm at a level where it matters no, Danny <laughs> Schneider, it matters. It matters to you, man. It's something that was personal to you. Uh, it, what is it? Taylor Swift named it 22, you know? That's just where she was at the time. Uh, you know, who knows where album names come from? Inagata yeah. Davida. It was a, a drunken stupor. It's in the Garden of Eden. Inagata Davida. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who knows how things get named? And, and yeah, so Danny Schneider. You got a new album coming out. Do you have a, a set time or you still working on it? Still working on that. Um, I mean, I can, I can give a set time, but uh, I'll probably go past it. So <laughs> but, but that's not to say anything, but there, but there is one definitely in the works and it will be out um, sooner rather than later. Yes. And do you have a name for it already? I do not. Usually, uh, I don't come up with the names until that, that's sort of like the last thing that I do. Like, even like the names of the songs, like I just I just get all the tracks out and everything, and uh, just sort of build that foundation, like I was talking about before. And then, then at the end, like you add all those all those little elements. That's like kind of the last step for me, anyways. I know that uh, things are different for different people. But. Hey, that's your child, Jan- Danny Snyder, and hardly ever uh, do you name a child before it's born. A- after the the baby's born, you go, I will name him blah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you might think <laughs> about names beforehand, but you ha- you hardly ever name them until it's born. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, your, look at it. to your new child coming out uh, real soon, Danny Snyder of the Cultural Vultures. Anything else you want to tell the people? No, just uh, just keep living, keep listening. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. I appreciate it. Just keep living. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and that, and that's all you can do. Like, uh, and and um, I would say that like we like the world is is it's not as tumultuous as it seems like when you watch the news. You know, like when you watch the news or you listen to. Uh, social media or everything like that like you would think that the world is is just insane right now oh yeah and i don't think that it is information I, I overload that, <laughs> I, well i think i think i mean because you hear like there's a lot of people that are upset about you know certain injustices and, and whatnot and and they have every right to be for right. sure 
but I don't think it's uh, it's as bad as 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 it's being portrayed. No, it would be chaos and, in the streets if it was like it was on the internet. You know, uh, the the movement where uh, no, no, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. You have to call me by this pronoun. It's a small group, but because of the internet, they have a large voice. And that's what happens, and, that, and that's and that's true. And and I don't want to take anything away from anybody. No, of course not. I would also Be, just live say, your life. yeah, just live your life, live your life, and uh, and and just try to be good. People people tend to listen to to people that are a little bit more reserved than they do the people that are yelling. Oh yeah, I mean, if I happen to to call you by the wrong pronoun, don't yell at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that I'm old school, and because I am, but just hey, I didn't know. I didn't know you want to be called X. I'll call you X. Yeah, I, I just don't think that. Uh, like I, I, I think that you and I both come from a time where we didn't take ourselves so seriously. Yeah, yeah, boys and girls, we are, we're all pretty much, pr- pretty much heading in the same direction, pursuit of happiness, all that. Yeah, <laughs> life, yeah. liberty, and uh, just. Yeah. Just just go after your own happiness, whatever that may be. Go after your happiness. Dig it, Danny Snyder, the cultural vulture, hanging out there in northern Kentucky, real close to Cincinnati. And uh, the people, uh, how, do, how do you want them to find you online? Uh, mostly just the, mostly the website? You can go to uh, my YouTube channel like um, and subscribe to that. That has all the tracks on there. If you have iTunes and or Spotify or any of that stuff, you can go to that. Uh, any any sort of like uh, digital streaming title, uh, whatever 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 you choose, um, except well, for Pandora. Yeah, except for Pandora. <laughs> those guys, the, <laughs> those guys are being stubborn, very unsportsmanlike. <laughs> well, you got a new yeah, subscriber. That, you can go to, yes. to culturalvultures.org. Yes. Um, well, you got a new and, subscriber on on uh, YouTube and, and a new one on your Facebook fa- page, and and hopefully you get millions and millions of more subscribers finding out more about you, Danny Schneider, the cultural vulture. That would, that would be that would be pretty pretty <laughs> neat. That um, I always had this. I always saw myself like uh, performing in front of thousands of people, and and sort yeah. of like I want to perform a concert where everybody uh, has that energy that we were talking about earlier, like. You, that vibration and everybody in the audience like just feels that vibration and, and, and it's just happy if only for a moment in time like you just feel good and that's and that's really what i want to bring to the world see it be it man you, you're going to project it out there thank you danny schneider any last last words for the people just be happy yeah. i guess <laughs> thank you, know? you so much danny schneider i thank appreciate you, you for being on the program it. man Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, party people. I never know where these are going to go. Danny Schneider, not only a musician, but a lifesaver. Man, he's a, a, what is it, 15, 16-year-old, 16-year veteran of the fire department. That guy's been putting out fires, saving lives. It was good uh, chit-chatting about that as well as his music uh, interest and his art interest as well. Uh, you know, it's you never know where these things are going to go. And I'm, I'm so happy that uh, Danny Schneider told his story, The Cultural Vultures. Look for Zero History and Dahlgren on, uh, uh, let's see, digitally everywhere and on vinyl. 
He's got it on vinyl, man. So if you still got a turntable, pick up the vinyl and listen to the pops and clicks and the warmth of vinyl. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It, I, you know, reminiscing about the different mediums that music has been through from the 45 records and even eight tracks. Uh, and, uh, well, I know we didn't talk about cassettes, but there's cassette tapes and, and people aren't even watching videos on DVD anymore. It's all digital, uh, you know, and, uh, it's, it's, um, it's singles. He did mention that that it's singles rather than albums, and putting singles out there is where it's at. You know, at ninety nine cents a shot or so on your Apple iTunes and your Spotify and your um, your SoundCloud. Uh, that's a way to get your music out there, get your creativity out there. And if you like it, somebody else is going to like it. I'm so glad that you're you're out there putting it. Putting it out there to the world, Danny Schneider and all the other musicians and creators. And yes. Oh, he did mention that if you're in a job that you don't like, I don't care if you're making thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. If you don't like it, man, it's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. Uh, you know, just find something that you're passionate about and turn it into a job. You can make a living doing what you love. Uh, yeah, I, I just started this podcast officially. I've interviewed people before, and it's making a little bit. It's not making the, the kind to where I can quit my job and strictly just do podcasting, but I could see potential, and other people are doing it. Why not you? Uh, yeah, so if you got something to say, say it. Start a podcast. Or if you have a story to tell, why not tell it here? Tell your story right here on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for this installment of What Makes You Famous. I encourage you to subscribe and stick around. There's more to come. More to come on the What Makes You Famous podcast. This is Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The video recording machine was invented by the Ampex Corporation of California in 1956. The first video recorder, the Ampex VR1000, stood 1.1 meters, three feet three inches high and weighed as much as a small car 665 kilograms 1466 pounds do you have a fast fact share it with us at interactive radio radio hey guys this is shelly g she said what well you are gonna have to listen to the countdown to hear what i say and make sure to keep listening to radio what for more information and trivia she said, what?